We had a little less conversation podcast. We'd like to let our listeners know about an excellent car buying opportunity exclusive to our show. Go see our friend Craig Peterson at Summit Automotive in Fond du Lac for all your car buying needs. And wait, it gets better. Mention that you listen to a little less conversation when you buy your car from Craig, and he will throw in a $50 gas card. That's right, people. Just for listening to our show, you'll get a $50 gas card from our friend Craig when you buy a car from him. Listen, you're going to buy a car anyways, so why not go see Craig Peterson at Summit Automotive and just say, hey, I listened to the guys on a little less conversation podcast too, and he's going to just give you 50 bucks in gas. So head on down to Summit and ask for Craig Peterson next time you're going to buy a car. I am one of your hosts, Don Foyt. Aaron Halfman. Keith Meyer. We're here today. We're going to start a conversation about the greatest era or the greatest decade of music. Um, I'm sure each of us has a little bit different take on that. As a matter of fact, I know we do. Um, I'll start out the first. I'm going to start with the 1950s. Boo! <laughs> I can't, I can't boo the 50s, I'm just kidding. Well, I thought he was going to do. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I had a couple of, couple of decades where, that I really like, but the 50s were, I mean, it's the birth of rock and roll. I mean, if I'm going to pick a genre of music, it's going to be rock and roll, obviously. Um, Kind of a little bit of a, the way we got to rock and roll, and the kind of way, the reason it appeals to a lot of people is because it's a blend of rhythm and blues, gospel, country, and pop music. That's how they kind of came up with rock with rock and roll. Um, and how can you argue with uh, the fact that in the fifties you got a guy that is just called the king? That's Elvis true. Presley. He was also one of my top five probably. That's true. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> um, and the, through uh, researching this a little bit, I mean, you know, I, I obviously knew a fair amount about the fifties. If I'm going to choose it as my as my uh, favorite decade, but what I didn't really realize until I started reading up on it is that the decade of the fifties in music. And rock and roll is only really five years long. Rock and roll isn't credited to really becoming a sensation until March of 1955. Um, what had happened is they, they released a motion picture called The Blackboard Jungle. And for the opening credits, they used Bill Haley's Rock Around the Clock. And teenagers actually started dancing in the aisles in the movie theater. And it became like a national phenomenon. And that was what they credited as the beginning of rock and roll. So they credit the beginning of rock and roll to a movie credit. Basically, yes. 
Interesting. I thought it all started in Back to the Future. <laughs> Dude, you really are drunk. <laughs> Why? I had one beer. <laughs> um, you know, it it wasn't just rock and roll. Obviously, um, you you did have a lot of your uh, kind of crossover artists, um, like Little Richard, Chuck Berry. And you had Buddy Holly in the fifties. Um, it just that music just kind of changed a lot of people's lives, gave them a, a new form of expression and a kind of a feeling of freedom that they didn't hadn't experienced before. Um, but you had R and B artists like the Pretenders and the Coasters that had um, big success back then. Um, Ray Charles, Fats Domino, um, kind of brought the blues end of it, and uh, they actually heavily influenced rock and roll by the music that they produced in the 50s. So, um, one of the other, or two of the other points that I have here, and then I'll then we'll kind of move, move on and get you guys' take on this. Um, you had the electric guitar. It wasn't invented in the 50s, but it did become popular in the 50s. Um, and that was thanks to the man who developed it, Les Paul. And I think everybody pretty much knows Les Paul. I mean, if you haven't heard of Les Paul when you're talking about guitars, and you don't really know guitars at all. And American Bandstand debuted back in the 50s. And yes, it was hosted by Dick Clark way back then. So just curious, you picked the 50s. What band or artist, like, who would your favorite be? Uh, I think you already know. Elvis Presley is my favorite artist. But there, there's so many. And from back then, in the 50s and even into the early 60s, it it's hard to come up with a lot of artists that have a whole bunch of hits, like Elvis does. But you have a lot of artists that have like two hits, three hits. Yeah. Um, I, I personally am a Buddy Holly fan. The amount of music that guy made in a short lifespan is incredible. And you don't realize, what was he active, like six years, seven years or something like that right. before he died. And, right. Um, the music he made was incredible. Yeah, and you know, and along with that, you had these guys were putting out albums like every six months. Yeah. You know, I mean, it it was nothing to throw go in and record a bunch of a bunch of songs and throw out an album. That's true. I, I'm kind of surprised you didn't pick the '80s, to be honest. With the hair bands, you know. Um, Keith and I have had this conversation before, actually, and I struggled with it then when we were talking about which way it went. I think I actually might have went with the 80s in that conversation. But when I started really looking to it, and you know, you, you kind of forget um, some of the bands and some of the, the, the acts that were going on back then. And I started reading about all these and bringing back all these memories and stuff like that. And I'm like, I can't not go with them. It's, it, honestly, it's what I grew up on. I grew up, on, I grew up listening to 80s music, but before that, when I was just a young kid, I listened to my dad's music, which was fifties. Yeah, you know, and so it's it's. I'm sure it's you can accredit a lot of it to nostalgia too. You all right over there. Yeah, I'm good. What's I'm going good. on? Drop my pen. Making all that noise. <laughs> all right, I picked the eighties. 
That surprises That's, me with you. I, it was. It's it a was. Good thing I'm sitting down. It was really. It was really hard. Like I, I love '90s music. You know, I grew up in the '90s. I listened to you know, Green Day and Nirvana and um, Live was one of my favorites. Although they didn't they didn't last very long, but I forgot about Live. Yeah, they were awesome. They just kind of like fell off. I don't know what happened. Well, Ed Kowalczyk went solo. Lead singer. He went solo. Yeah, he left the band. Wait a minute. Ed Kowalczyk. Pretty sure that's how you pronounce his name. I know. And and how did that work out for him? Uh, He actually had one album that did pretty well. Yeah? Yeah, he did. He he had one album that did alright. The problem was only people who could pronounce Kowalczyk bought it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and rap was good in the 90s. You had Biggie. You had Tupac. I mean, I really struggled with choosing one or the other but when i was looking back at like you know all the artists all the songs it seemed like the more popular decade to me was the 80s like everybody knows artists from the 80s everybody i think they're you got michael jackson you got uh prince madonna u2 bruce springsteen van halen the police phil collins guns and roses i mean the list goes on and on and and to me to me, the '80s was the best. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and to me, I would I would put the '80s up as probably the second worst decade of music. Oh, you got a problem, and he's the, sitting right in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the current the current generation of 2009, I think, is the worst. The I agree 80s, with that. Yeah. The '80s, you you get by a couple of the big hair bands and, and the beginning of the, the big rap groups, and you got a lot of garbage that came out of the '80s. Um, you guys all know my feelings on bands like Huey Lewis and. Wait, have you ever seen Huey Lewis in concert? Yes, I, I oh, did. You I did. did you actually pay to go see him? I, I did pay to go see oh, Huey Lewis. You did. And I got dragged along with a couple of friends. And did you dance? No, I did. A little bit. No, not once. Did you sing? Well, everyone knows yep. lots of Huey Lewis yep. songs. You were singing. And I believe he even said he enjoyed it. I think he said he did. What I said was I was surprised at how good of a show the guy puts on at the age of 70 or whatever he is, because he's old as hell, and he's still putting on a pretty decent show. I will give him that. Dude, they had so many good songs. He was so popular in the 80s. And he had, I, I, I don't know how many videos sure he that, had on MTV. They broke attendance records at that concert as well. They might have. They did. But it was a small venue, so. Nevertheless. Um, I, I, I see there's a ton of people I like bands like Huey Lewis, but there's a lot of bands like Huey Lewis in the 80s that are garbage. Huey East or Huey E, whatever, whatever their name is. Come on. You can't tell me you you weren't dancing the strut. No, I wasn't. Not at all. You were working out to it then. Some of the best and, albums and the came in the 80s. Sure. I know you like Thriller. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying no, that not, all not, music yeah. in the 80s is garbage. I'm saying, I'm saying people look at the 80s as this. Yeah, but you said it's the second worst decade. It is because you take away. The what about the seventies? What about take, the disco era? I would take I would take "Staying Alive" over just about any song oh in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> no way. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna say this: you have your top artists. You have Michael Jackson, Bon Jovi, Def Leppard. Like these guys are great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the top artists of that generation. Metallica. What I'm saying is, when you get to the bottom of that decade, Guns and Roses. When you get to the music at the bottom of that decade, it's not all that great. So what do you consider the bottom besides Huey Lewis? Yeah. Well, look at all the one-hit wonders of the 80s. 
these bands that came in, they did they did four minutes of music, and people think they're uh, flock of seagulls. I'm pretty sure that I don't everyone knows the flock of seagulls one song. Yeah, to this yes. day. That, that doesn't mean it's that doesn't mean they're a good band. That that's my point. Like, but it does mean that they came up with a great song. A really great song. Okay, but my point is, you you have these great bands of the eighties, right? And then there's about fifteen or twenty of them that made music for the, for the entire decade, and then you have a bunch of people who had one hit one hit wonders, who had kind of garbage songs. Writing one good song doesn't make you a great musician. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the music that they put out <coughs> was good. You had a lot of those in the '90s too, when it wonders. You did. I, I agree, but I also think the '90s expanded on a lot of what the '80s started. And, and I'll give the '80s credit. Like, don't get me wrong. NWA. I'm a huge fan of rap music. NWA is a great band, great, great group. They pioneered rap for the next decade. And without without NWA, you don't get the you don't get the artists of the '90s. You don't get the um, Jay Z's. You don't get the Easy E's. Obviously, he's part of NWA, but. You, you don't get these huge bands, Snoop Dogg, Eminem. You don't get these guys without, without NWA in the 80s. I understand it. I'll even go that far with the rock. I mean, Bon Jovi was the gold standard. It, they might still be the gold standard. Christ, they sell tickets unbelievably still, and they're 100 years old. But I just don't think that generation of music is as good as people think. I think people look, on it, look back at it very nostalgic, and they think all the 80s music was great. There were about 10 or 15 great bands and another 10 or 15 great artists. But after that, the music was kind of garbage. So I, I got a question for you. Then. If that's the case, why to this day can you turn the dial and land on an 80s station still? That's my point exactly. Because everybody looks back at this decade of music like it's the greatest decade of all time. But if you sit down Because and listen, it just may be. No. If you sit Dude, down and listen so to So you music, said, would you say 10 great artists, 10 great bands? I can name off a ton right now that I guarantee you love, and it's more than 10 and 10. You, you want me to rattle a bunch off? Sure. Here we go. Michael Jackson, Prince, Madonna, U2. I know you love U2. Yeah, U2's, U2's over. Bruce Springsteen, over. Run DMC, Van Halen, Public Enemy. Whoa, 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 wait, wait. You said Bruce Springsteen's overrated. Dude, come on, really? He's the boss. He wrote one of the most iconic American Born in the USA. songs. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on, I'm not done. Billy Joel, The Police, Phil Collins, Guns N' Roses, Def Leppard, Janet Jackson, George Michael, Wham. Yeah, well, right? exactly. Whitney Houston, That's my Metallica, Metallica, NWA, ACDC, let's, let's Iron Maiden, Bon Jovi, Talking Heads, Genesis, R.E.M., Duran Duran, Motley Crue, Journey. Okay, you know my feelings on Journey. <laughs> yes, you love Steve Perry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's go back to Wham. That's my point. It's all, the 80s was full of bubblegum crap music. Okay, you're listening all, you're listening all the great rock bands. And I said, there's good rock bands in the 80s. But what you're not thinking about is Tiffany. You're not thinking about Wham. You're not thinking about... I am thinking about them. I liked Wham. 
Obviously, he's thinking about Tiffany right now. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of Tiffany, but I'm a fan of Wham for sure. But even like like, there's some music I like that I still think is garbage. I've said this a thousand times. But the Bengals, sorry, Walk Like an Egyptian's a garbage song, but yet it was like number one for how long on the Billboard? Okay, I kind of get what you're saying, although. We will we'll all you'll throw that song on and everyone will start walking like an Egyptian. Yes. No. I, I get it. But it doesn't make it a great song. But you know what the Bengals also did, which I think is a far superior song? They took an already good song and made it better by doing Hazy Shade of Winter. That is a good song. It, it, but it wasn't theirs. No, but it's a great remake that actually it's one of the few I consider better than the original. And the original is really good. I don't I just other Beastie than, Boys, you're a big Beastie Boys fan, right? I am a big Beastie Boys yeah. fan, but I don't think they really caught on until the 90s. I mean, I, I realize you had the License Ill, Ill album, which I'll say is one of the greatest ever. But after that, they didn't do anything until you, until you got to the 90s. Mostly because they didn't have to. So That's probably true. We're not doing a, a top five albums um, show here, but Thriller? Yeah. Thriller. Appetite? Okay. Different instruction. License Dale. Purple Rain. I would put Purple Rain in my top five. Straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton could be. I mean, so there's all eighties. There's four of probably most most music um, aficionados that that hit the top one hundred for sure in albums. Okay. Ever. But, but you can do that with any decade. Um. Let me rephrase that. You can do that with any decade, 1990s, previous. I don't know if I can name four albums from the 2000s. I don't, well, because I don't want to. <laughs> and I have, I have a, an idea that part of the problem with music now is more about digital music than it is about albums. You don't have to write a great album anymore. You got to write one great song and you're going to make tons of money off of it with iTunes and Google, Google Play. And, yeah. Like let's most put, music let's right put now it this And I, I don't want to dwell too long on it because it doesn't really deserve it. But the 2000s, the best song that came out of the 2000s might have been Kids Bop 56. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if I'd go back. Oh, I never heard it. <laughs> I think you're up to like 85 now. So I'm just taking a shot that that was in the 2000s. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, We'll move on, maybe come back to the the decade of the 80s. Yeah, we'll come back. Uh, and back. And back. And back. And back. And back. Yeah. Like the rest of America. Mm-hmm. Except for... <laughs> All right, who you got? All right. I, I, I also had a tough time deciding um, between the 90s, which was my wheelhouse, so to speak. Grew up in the 90s, listened to a lot of it. Huge fan of bands like Oasis, Live, uh, mentioned the Beastie Boys. Def Leppard had some great albums in the 90s. Um, but I actually chose the 60s. I think when it comes to music, the 60s were the most influential decade in music that we've ever had in this, in this country, or any country for that matter. Um, you think about the bands and what happened in the 60s. You think about the fact that you had the Vietnam War going on, so you had all these protest songs. You had the Civil Rights Movement going on at the time. Uh, the decade was punctuated with Woodstock in 69, which... I think everybody would agree is the greatest concert ever. Uh, your artist, you had Bob Dylan singing folk music. My opinion, he's the greatest 
singer-songwriter of all time. I say singer-songwriter because I realize he's got a terrible voice, but he wrote the best lyrics, and he could sing them enough that he made enough money off of it. He had the whole British invasion. Obviously, the Beatles showed up, the Who, the Animals. Uh, you had the start of psychedelic, psychedelic rock, which uh, continued into the 70s, obviously, but you had Jimi Hendrix, The Doors, Jefferson Airplane, uh, Pink Floyd, Grateful Dead started in the 60s. You, you had your surf music. You had the Beach Boys, you had Jan Dean. Um, blues rock, you had... Those days weren't the same band. <laughs> no, believe it or not, they are two different bands. Uh, in the blue, in the blues rock, you had Clapton, Janis Joplin, the Allman Brothers, and you still had Elvis singing, Chubby Checker, Stevie Wonder, the Supremes. I mean, you had everything in the in the sixties, and all these bands. Like, think about all the bands the Beatles influenced from that point forward. I mean, I can think of Oasis right away. They sound almost exactly like them, just not quite as talented. Um. But Jefferson Airplane, would they have like four bands out of Jefferson Airplane? Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson <laughs> Starship, Starship, yeah. <laughs> and whatever they're called now. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you had great songs like In the God of the Vida came out in the 60s. Uh, Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde, almost all the Beatles hits came out in the 60s. I mean, it, it was hard for me to argue against the bands that were influencing the bands of the nineties that we were, that we, that I grew up listening to. Um, I didn't even go into country cause you guys don't feel like country music. It's you barely, love it. It's barely music. It's more people crying. <laughs> no, they just sing about crying. They just hear my beer. Uh, exactly. That's, that's my point of country. I'm just kidding. That's a good song. Um, and, and in the sixties, you had, you had guys like Bob Dylan that would, they would write songs, and then other people would cover his songs, and then they would come hits too. Uh, Jimi Hendrix is one of his best songs is all on the Watchtower. It's, you know, Jimi Hendrix probably did it better than Bob Dylan did. Which is the case most of the time with, with Bob Dylan. That's, um, I'll give you that. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I'm actually a Bob Dylan fan, but just like you said, I, I appreciate him more for the songwriter that he was, because... I, I would put him against anybody as far as writing songs. Yeah. That includes um, Lennon McCartney, who, who wrote some of the greatest songs of the 60s. Yeah. I agree. Didn't Dylan win a, was it a Nobel Prize for? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also had Simon and Garfunkel, Song of Science, originally came out in the 60s. It's like, a great song. Yeah. And people are still covering it. You know what I mean? One of the hardest rock rooms rock groups of all time just did a cover of Song of Silence and the rock. I mean. Yeah. It, hard, to, hard to argue with pretty much everything you said. Um, and you're right. I mean, you, you can just keep naming them. I mean, you got The Who, The Yardbirds, Man for Man, The Trogs, Dave Clark Five, all bands like that. That uh, The Kinks, Rolling Stones all started back then. Um, but I think one of the biggest difference with the with the decade is what you had going on around music, like with with what was going on socially in, in the sixties with the civil rights movements, with the Vietnam War, and the people that were for or against Vietnam War. You, know, you had the whole South versus the North when it came to the civil rights movements. You know, you had black people that couldn't eat in restaurants because they were black. I mean, 
you look at it now, it's ridiculous, but back then that's how it was. And some of the artists are starting to take to that and say, hey, this isn't right. We should be doing something about this. And then you did something. It's like the hurricane. You know? You're right. And um, there's only one thing I can really say that I think shows why I chose the 50s over the 60s. As you just stated, the 60s, it was all about what was happening around you. So basically, the music was a result of what was happening in the world. In the 50s, the, the music created what happened in the world. You're right, to a point. And the 80s is all about having fun. Well, the 80s is about all about excess. You're right. <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, I, I have it written down here. Big hair, loud guitars, and techno sound. Yeah. What more can you ask? For? Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest hits of the 80s was Madonna's Material Girl. It's literally about, hey, I want all this stuff. And and that's what the whole decade of the 80s was in the United States. It was get as much as you can, get as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, going back to what Keith was saying about the 80s earlier, um, as far as some of the crap music, most of what you were describing was probably would be considered pop. And I, yeah. I would say if, the, if there was a weak point of the 80s, that was probably it. Although we had some great pop artists, like like, like we already said with Madonna and uh, artists like that, but pop was probably where you got your most, your, your as Keith calls them, garbage bands. There were some bad 80s rock bands too. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> there were. Sure, there are bad bands in every decade. There are. I mean, sticks. I, I, He's I, a sticks hater. I am a sticks hater. He's a sticks hater. I am a sticks hater. I'll be the first person to admit that. I mean, I, they'd like to beat you with the sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, not a big sticks fan. They uh, sound great to this day. Uh, dude, what are they singing about? You don't know what they're saying about it. Mr. Roboto, really? What, what the hell is Mr. Roboto about? Haven't you watched the video? It's very obviously about something. <laughs> exactly. You don't need exactly. to know what you're singing about. That, that's, that's that much better if you can make a good song about something nobody knows what the heck you're talking about. Talent. No. Not at all. <laughs> uh, you, you guys know my feeling on Hall & Oates? Like, I get people like Hall & Oates, and I even understand why they like Hall & Oates. Why? Why do they like them? And why Why don't you like them? Because I think their music's garbage. <laughs> but, I will say this. They do know how to play instruments. Their lyrics are just kind of bubblegummy to me. They're the most successful duo of all time. Name another duo, other than Ike and Turner. Ike and Turner? I mean, Ike and Tina. <laughs> Yeah. Wham. Wham. We already talked about Yeah, they're terrible. Snoop and Dre. That's what? not a duo. It is a duo. No. Is it duo two people? Yeah, but Snoop and Dre never released an album together. Well, if they did, Paul and Orson have all sold. <laughs> Whatever. It's, I don't know. I, I, th- I think Aaron and I kind of have a a similar feeling on that because we both like Hall & Oates. We both like 
Huey Lewis. It's kind of music that, at the time, is kind of a throwback to an earlier time, but yet they kind of they make it they make yeah. it new. Yeah. And, and I don't know. It obviously appeals to quite a few people because they sell a lot of records. Yeah. I'm sorry, CDs, downloads, whatever we're selling nowadays. Well, but it was records back then. It is just the records. Do you think MTV made the eighties as popular as they were? Well, that's that's a huge influence. I, I think mean, so. Yeah. I mean, I, anything I, that could put put the music out to more people and just embellish it. I mean, it was a big kick in the pants for them. Yeah, obviously. And I'm not going to say MTV made Michael Jackson because Michael Jackson is actually a good artist, but it didn't hurt him. And you look at no, his videos. not at all. Thriller, Beat It, Billie Jean, they're iconic videos. Yeah. I think, was he the first black artist on MTV? I want to say he was. Ed, you know, I don't know for sure, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And if he was, he probably should have been. Yeah. At least for the 80s, you know. Yep. I just, other than current music now, I just the already, the 80s is the worst I get. I mean, the 70s wasn't the greatest either. See, I actually, I wanted to write the 70s off completely. But they made kind of a run for me for a while. Because when I started looking <clears> into this, and really realizing some of the bands that got their start in the 70s. Some of the rock bands? It's fairly impressive. I mean, well, the seventies you got you didn't have heavy metal before the set before the seventies, and all of a sudden you have bands like Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, Kiss, and then you also had your, you know, your your straight up rock bands like Van Halen, AC/DC, Aerosmith, Ted Nugent. They all gained popularity in the seventies. But most of those you would consider an eighties band. Uh, Van Halen for sure. Um, because I think there was, I think their their first album was in seventy eight or seventy seven was their first release. Yeah, their biggest album was nineteen. But Aerosmith was a big band already in the seventies. Yeah, I, I think their first album was seventy four, something like that. So they had a couple albums in there and a couple of. God, they were popular for a long time. Uh, Toys in the Attic was released in the seventies. That was a huge album. Um, and the seventies. Um, it's kind of forgotten now, but at the time it was huge. The punk rock scene, I mean, that took off in the 70s and that actually defined a lot of the 70s music. Um, you had uh, Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin were, were going strong in the 70s still. Um, but what really stopped it right there was disco. And, and I, don't get me wrong. I can go for a few. You sit mentioned staying alive. Like that song. Love me a little Gloria Gaynor. I will survive. But about 80% of disco sucks. Yeah. Like those songs are fun to dance to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think I think a, a big misconception about the seventies is when I hear when I think about the seventies, the first thing that pops in my head is disco. And I hate disco. I hate it. But I think people tend to forget about all those other bands sometimes that you were just mentioning. And and, and I and I, mean, I can include myself in that. I like like 
I knew that these bands all started there, but you kind of forget that, like you said. Yeah. And some of it is because they were really popular in the 80s. Right. But a lot of them started in the 70s. I just want to point out that if Aaron was ever, like, they ever made a movie about Aaron, and, you know, like, Darth Vader has his own music, and Scarface has his own music, I picture his music and his movie being, uh, Staying Alive by... <laughs> I'm just saying. He would rock the laser too. I, I just pictured him strutting along the road with yeah? Staying Alive in the background. Absolutely. Why? Just because I got sweet dance moves? Is that what you're talking right. about? That's exactly right. John Travolta-esque. If we were on video, I'd show him off to everybody, yeah. but... Someday. We're not Someday. yet. Yeah. We, we, we can always post that on our Facebook page eventually. Sounds yeah, like a plan to me. <laughs> but, so, anything else that anybody wants to talk to you about, about any other decade that, like, maybe you thought about, or one that you just said absolutely not, that not... Well, absolutely not to the current generation of music. Uh, part so, of that, though... What do you mean by that, though? I think what, what they're playing right now from 2000 forward to 2018, the last two decades, basically. Name a great band from the last two decades that started in the last two decades. Well, I mean, there's a couple bands that are really big right now. I was going to say, there's some up-and-coming ones. And that's why I when I said the 2000s, I, I got nothing good to say about them. But the 2010s, I'm not... Quite so hard on. Name one. Um, right now, if, if you want to go uh, uh, heavy metal, Five Figure Death Punch is a huge band. And I'm not personally a, a big fan of them, but they have a huge following right now. Um, I'm more excited with bands like uh, that are relatively new within the last year or two. Um, Volbeat, The Pretty Reckless, bands like that that are I think are going to be I think they got what it takes to have some staying power because it, they're kind of a throwback. I, I look at it as kind of a meld between 80s and 90s music. Okay, here's what I'm going to say about that. One thing they're being influenced by the 90s music now, which is great, because one thing we didn't have in 2010, this goes back to the 80s music, all those people have been influenced by the 80s music and that music sucks. So now look at the <laughs> 90s music, and, and you, you can hear it in some of the bands. You can't. But one of the things that's that's a drawback to them, and it's not necessarily their fault, is the way that music is distributed currently. Back when we started listening to music in the 80s and 90s, you had to have a good album for somebody to buy it. Right? You went to a record store, you went to a CD store, and you bought an album. You didn't buy a single, because they were useless when you were putting a CD, player, CD in your CD player in your car. But now with Apple Music or iTunes and uh, all, all the digital media that we have going on right now, you need to write one good song. That's all you need to write. And unfortunately, I think that's what a lot of people are doing. They're writing one good song. And it's... Nobody, nobody's going to spend $11 to hear one good song. Where in our... When we, were, we had no other choice. If we wanted that one good song on tape or CD record or whatever we were going to do, we had to spend the money on it. Now they can spend 99 cents and download... 10 songs from different people for $10. And I think that works against them because they don't have to have, they don't have to have the great album. You're never going to find another Appetite for Destruction or another Thriller because you don't need to. You're not going to have a Green Day's Dookie CD anytime soon because you don't need to do that. 
don't, don't diss the Green Day, dude. <laughs> you weren't a Green Day fan? Uh, let me see. Here, here's what I wrote for the 90s. <laughs> Listen to this. Grunge takes over. Everyone gets depressed. That's not true. The only saving grace for grunge, as far as I'm concerned, are bands like Alice in Chains, Nirvana, and Soundgarden. Coincidentally, they all lost people to committing suicide. Pearl Jam. I love Pearl Jam. I'm surprised you don't like Pearl Jam. I, I like one song from them, which is weird because I think they all sound alike. But I, I can, I can put up with Jeremy. I can't believe oh. you, I can't believe you don't like Pearl Jam, but you like Nirvana. I do like Nirvana. That, that surprises me. I like Nirvana early on, and now when I hear Nirvana, it's like, all right, I want to kill myself listening to this. It, it is. It's very <laughs> right. It is. It's really depressing sounding. But I liked it when it when it first came out, and I was you know in high what school. And... Is is depressing sounding. The whole thing is. It's it's kind of designed to be that way. No, no, I'm not saying that it's it's all bad music. It's just not something that I really want to listen to for the most part. But like I said, other than those those three bands. I like pretty much everything they've put out. See, the 90s, you had good guys like Snoop, you had guys like Dre, and you're not a rap fan, so you're not going to be listening to this. Not that I'm not a rap fan, but I'm not a rap fan like you two guys are rap fans. But I think that's a generational thing as well. You know, I was a rap fan of the 90s rap. I'm not a rap fan of the rap nowadays. Like, A's? I like the BC Boys. My actually, my favorite rapper is probably Tone Loke. Tone Loke, LL Cool J. I I don't mind LL Cool J either. Yeah. So it's it's more of a of the '80s form of rap that I identify with. But I think that, like I said, I think that's just a generational thing. Do you think society had something to do with that? Like, I, I look at I look at the, what was what was popular in the '80s, and everything was a lot more upbeat. And the nineties came around and you started hearing gangster rap, talking about bitches and hoes. Um we're, we're in the in the eighties they were talking about like roundaway girls, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a completely different completely different song. Like is, is that what is that what the issue you have is just the No, because I actually I view those two things it's two ways of going about to get the same reaction from people. It's shock value. Because, quite honestly, that's what sells. That's what sells albums. That's what sells records. That's what sells CDs. Is when people are like, "Oh my God, I can't believe they're saying that," or "They can't believe they're singing about that." That's why people buy that. That's why. That's why uh, NWA and them were so, and Two Live Crew were so big because they started. They started that angle of it. Well, NWA was the first to rap about what was going on. Like, they were the first people to say, this is what we deal with on a daily basis. And they were kind of political. Like, Ice Cube, oddly enough, is one of the it, most political artists we've had right. in, our, in, my, in my generation, anyways. Um, I, I, I guess, but you look at, like, what happened in the 90s, like, what was considered to be okay. Like, TV was different. Like, TV, you could start showing stuff that you couldn't show in the 80s, or you just wouldn't show in the 80s. It started to become more... 
accepted to have someone be gay or someone to, you know, like it wasn't a surprise when a, when a celebrity came out and said that, hey, listen, I'm, I'm gay. And nobody, nobody really cared in the 90s. I mean, you started seeing like, in the 90s you had, um, uh, it was a TV show with the Williams Brothers. Oh, wow. In Living Color. In Living Color. Oh, yeah. You started having In Living Color come around and they were, they were pushing the limit a little bit more. And then you had Married with Children that was pushing the limit a little bit more. And I think that's, that was, you could see that in the music too. Although the 80s, it started a little bit with Twisted Sister. And, and um, you had a little bit with uh, like Ozzy and those guys too. Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Yeah, they were, they were pushing it too. They, they were. On a, on a different front. Yeah. But they were, like I said, to me, it's all it's all about marketing, um, and for these guys, the artists themselves, maybe it wasn't necessarily about the marketing, but that's the reason why they had the success they had. It's because of the way it was marketed. Um, when you're coming out and you're saying stuff like that, like you know, going back to NWA, I wasn't an NWA fan, but I had a lot of respect for what they did because they changed the way people looked at. The genre of music they were doing. Anybody got anything else? You know, other than that, they'd say 50s rule. <laughs> I, I 80s rule. I won't argue about the 50s rule, but I will argue about the 80s rule. <laughs> All right, want to give a shout out to the uh, the Pull Pops for our music. Uh, you can check them out at thepulltops.com and check us out at Twitter. At a little less con one. Have a good day. We'll talk to you guys later.